Welcome to episode 44 of Tap to Craft. My name is Denny Luce, and along with me is my buddy John Ream, and we are going to guide you on your craft beer journey by passing on our knowledge and our experience to you, the listener. We are recording this episode on Tuesday, March 29th, 2016, and in this show, we will be discussing some untapped tricks and tips. And we also have a couple listener questions, and we have a few or at least two noteworthy news articles that we'll also enlighten you with. And, of course, we, we, we have John and mine's beer banter that we like to, you know, talk about because we just ramble on about beer because we love beer. So you can always expect some good banter between the two of us. But before we get into all that great craft beer talk, John, how are you doing tonight? I'm free. I'm free. All right. Uh, the wife and kids boarded a plane this morning, headed to Florida. I got two weeks to myself. Whoa. It's glorious. Whoa, two <laughs> weeks. So what is in Florida? Uh, my in-laws. Or my, well, actually, my parents, her in-laws. She's visiting the in-laws, if I could say that in a more convoluted way. Um, so she's heading down. My sister-in-law is also going down. So they're all kind of meeting up down there and having some fun in the sun. So, so. so wait a minute. When did your parents move to Florida? Uh, they... My my mom spends most of the winter there. Uh, my grandparents had a house there, and um, they kind of took over that house. So um, my mom goes and stays warm. Okay, okay. So, and what part yeah. of Florida are they in? Uh, southwest, so Gulf side. Oh, okay, okay. Well, is there any way that we can convince your lovely wife to ship us back some great beer from the state of Florida? <laughs> Probably not. She was almost <laughs> over encumbered as it was just to get down there. So All right, uh, I tried. I tried. Yeah. I I I nearly got into a lot of trouble um just trying to help her thin down some things uh last night. Mm-hmm. So I, I had to just stop and leave before we <laughs> got into it. Um but uh yeah, so I've uh you know got a big to-do list that I got to get done while they're gone. But other than that, I'm going to try to have some fun too. Well, you deserve it. I mean, two weeks on your own, you're, you're a bachelor again. Uh, (laughs) I mean, you and Tuke, just the two of you, right? That's right. Just a couple guys on the town. You're going to have parties every night. I mean, it sounds like a great time. Great time. Just don't let the house get out of hand. Don't let it get too dirty before you start, you know, ma- you know, maintain it every day so it doesn't get uh, crazy. Yeah, well, that's what a lot of the projects are—is trying to get some of our organization stuff figured out. We got a lot of crap. We got. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I got a lot of crap too that I got to take care of. So I'm right in the same boat with you. I uh, understand. Understand. Well, hey, uh, enjoy your freedom, and I look forward to seeing uh, all the fun stuff that maybe you'll be doing. Uh, out, you know, while you're alone, don't have to worry about being home at a certain time or. Or, uh, you know, all that kind of fatherly stuff. But, yeah, uh, stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. So, but before we get, you know, let's start talking about craft beer. And let's start off by talking about what we're drinking tonight. So, John, I know that you've 
must have a, a, a good craft beer in your glass in front of you right now. Yeah, so listeners that have uh, stuck with us for a while will know that I have a, a sordid past with the uh, Stone and Joy Buy mm-hmm. IPA, uh, where I forget to drink it until after the day passes. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, this time I'm, I'm going to get in well ahead of the game. Uh, so I am drinking the Stone and Joy Buy 42016 IPA. Wow. Um, so, you know, I'm, th- this was, uh, bottled two weeks ago and, uh, I'm in- enjoying it tonight. Well, and, uh, as, as the bottle describes on it, this beer is devastatingly dank and I oh. agree with that assessment. Okay. Um, so, uh, the, the aroma is just that just huge dank resiny thing that we've we've talked about on the show before. <laughs> <laughs> oh cool. Well I, I have not had the four twenty yet and it makes sense that if it's four twenty it's gotta be dank, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so <laughs> how about you? What are you uh drinking tonight? I am drinking something that is not my usual. I I've have I have had this beer in the past, but uh it's not offered in our area because it's out of Maryland. I mean Baltimore, yeah, Maryland. I was right. Yep. <laughs> and it's from uh, Dewclaw Brewing Company. It's called the Sweet Baby Jesus Chocolate Peanut Butter Porter. And um, this is one of those beers that, you know, you see on Untapped all the time and, you know, people, different people posting here and there. And you always, like, you know, want to try it. And so I tried it, a, I don't know, four years ago or so, maybe three years ago when I was in the Virginia area. They, they have it there. So... Um, I tried it. I enjoyed it. It's an average beer, though. I I was hoping it was really going to be like way more uh, special. <laughs> I guess it is, but <laughs> it's it's a good beer. But it, it's um, you know, it's it's just it's just okay. It has a huge peanut aroma, and it has a decent peanut uh, finish. Uh, it kind of hangs around and lingers uh, in the back of your throat. You know, a little peanut flavor in there. The uh, the porter itself. Um, is where it, I think it kind of fails to me. And maybe it fails because, you know, y- you guys know, I like to have that roasty malt flavor in my porters and stouts. And this one is a little bit lacking on that roastiness because I think they wanted to make sure they were able to accommodate some of that peanut butter so it wasn't, you know, maybe lost in the, in it. But it's still a good beer. Nothing wrong. And, I actually, uh, how am I drinking this? I won a contest, uh, from the brewery group. I can't ever say it. The Brew Review Crew, uh, podcast. They have a, a game show called Guess Dat Beer. And if the, if the host can't guess it in three tries, then they offer it open to the listeners to, to write in. And if they can guess the beer that that guy was trying to taste, then, uh, they, you win a prize pack. So I won the the contest back in uh, January and just yesterday I received my prize package and it happened to have this beer in it uh, as well so I thought I'd drink it tonight nice have you had this one uh I have not um although I so Wes and I brewed a peanut butter porter mm-hmm. um partially inspired by this beer and Wes kept saying he'd bring some out when he came out, but he never did. Oh my so gosh, he drank it all. I blame all. him for that. But <laughs> um, at least my experience with the beer that we made, 
is consistent with it, what you're describing. Mm-hmm. Um, ours was, uh, you know, detectable in the nose, uh, most prominent in the finish, um, but not really anything there in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I'll have to play around with it some more and see what, uh, you know, really you can do with it. But I've only done it the one time. Um, and Wes and I were really the only ones that enjoyed it and thought that there was actually peanut butter in there. <laughs> so uh, I got, I've got some minds to change out here. Okay, okay. Well, uh, if, if you do get a chance to try the Dewclaw, it definitely, I mean, the peanut is in there, It's but it's ve- very much in the finish. I mean, which I, I kind of like that, that the fact that I finished the beer and I can get, you know, I feel like I just ate some peanut butter. Uh, not, you know, it's, it's enjoyable. I actually like it. I think it's, uh, that part was done really well to actually taste the peanuts because like you mentioned, I've had other peanut, you know, things that had peanut butter, you know, beers that have peanut butter in it that, or peanuts that really were lacking in the flavor at all. Not even the finish had the, had the peanuts. So at least I get the, the aroma and the flavor in the finish. So I, I appreciate that. All right, John. So, uh, now that we, we, everyone knows what we're drinking now. What about in the past two weeks since we last recorded? Were there any beers that you just must tell our listeners and tell me that I need to try uh, that you found that were really noteworthy? Yeah, so uh, the first one I'll talk about, um, you know, winter is a time for really big, uh, a lot of times really dark beers, a lot of imperial stouts and the like. Um, So now that winter's kind of coming to an end, I'm kind of taking stock and drinking what I want to drink now and, uh, you know, not you know, aging anything that I don't really want to or feel should. Um, so, uh, one of the things they pulled out was the, uh, this year's version of Elysian's The Fix, Mm -hmm. uh, which is a chocolate coffee imperial stout. And, uh, this beer was huge, uh, with the chocolate. Um, it smelled like chocolate. It tasted like chocolate and it was really good. Uh, Neither Kristen or I could pick out the coffee um, mm-hmm. in, in any way. And so we, you know, may have waited too long and that may have kind of fizzled out or is, you know, muted to the point that the chocolate just dominates it because uh, the chocolate was really strong. Um, but even without the coffee there, um, you know, if you just handed it to me and said, you know, chocolate imperial is like, wow, it's, you know, <laughs> really good beer. Uh, so, you know, I, I, it's not available anymore at this point, but just, uh, you know, service announcement, you know, with, uh, Elysian probably ramping up a lot of their, uh, their styles and beers, um, keep on the lookout next year. Um, cause it, I, this one's really enjoyable. Uh, have you had this one, Denny? I have had it. In fact, I just now brought it up on my untapped so I could talk about what I tasted. I had it on the 21st of December last year. And uh, what what I uh, what I mentioned, uh, drinking this pretty fresh, I think. I said, "Hell yeah, big chocolate and coffee flavor and thick, vicious, viscous mouthfeel. I like it." Um, so back in December, there still was some coffee. I think I remember that uh, that this one was also a little bit more bit on the bitter side, if I remember correctly. Had a little bit more bitter bite to it, and that's where maybe the coffee was coming through uh, a little bit more. But I, I liked it. I gave it four and a half caps. So that's a keeper. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, you know, that's a difference of uh, 
three months there. So mm-hmm. I think that's enough time for coffee to dissipate yeah, uh, based yeah. on my experience with it. Um, but yeah, definitely. I mean, it's, it's one to grab if you, if you can, uh, get your hands on it. Um, all right. So the other one, uh, is, you know, I always seem to have a, a local beer that nobody's going to be able to buy. Um, and this one's no different. Uh, this is from Odin, uh, brewing and it's their barrel fermented India pale lager. Mm. And interesting, interesting. This beer was awesome. Mm. Um, it was really crisp. The hop character was really bright and, um, just great. And it, you know, uh, I actually, um, I know one of the brewers at, at Odin, uh, he used to brew at Airways, my local place, uh, mm-hmm. and come to our homebrew club meetings. Um, but I actually saw him at Airways after he went over there and was talking to him. I mean, they fermented this beer a hundred percent in the barrel. Oh, wow. Uh, so it, it wasn't, you know, fermented in a, in a standard tank and then put in the barrel to age. It was put into the barrel to ferment. And, uh, it, it turned out even better than I was anticipating. He was telling me that he was really excited about this and it was going to be on soon. Um, and happened to be able to get there, uh, while I watched Cincinnati's disappointing exit in the first, uh, <laughs> um, but at least I had this silver lining come out of that experience. Um, but it it was really cool, and I'm I'm excited because I I think he's kind of heading up their barrel program over there. So, you know, this is great early returns, and I'm I'm looking forward to to whatever else they can put out. Oh yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of Odin Brewing. I've everything that comes in the Boise area, I grab, and they haven't disappointed yet. And now this was on tap. You had it, or was it in a bottle? No, this was on on tap at okay. the at the brewery. Um, okay. I, I don't think this one's going to make it into bottles and, and actually most of what you find in bottles is uh Belgian styles. That's really what they're more known for. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're starting to branch out into more standard, um, you know, American styles, uh, cause that's what, what the people want. <laughs> Got to give the people that's, what they uh, want. That's That's right. Um, so, uh, before, uh, I asked you, Danny, about okay. what you had. Yeah, I got to give an untapped update. You know? Oh yeah, how how we doing? How we doing? I gained seven beers in you. All over right, the last couple of weeks. I, I uh, so. I've been I've been trying to let you gain. <laughs> um, but yeah, I'm I'm now 105 beers behind. So oh, you're almost there. Uh, getting close to double digits. So, and I, you know, maybe my, my couple weeks of freedom here, I can make that happen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you, if you hit it hard, you can get at least four a night for two weeks. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah. that's, it's possible. You can do it. Yeah. So I need to transition my meals to ramen, <laughs> ramp up the beer budget, and I'll be good. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm on a streak. I got, I got four straight, uh, shows here where I've, uh, lowered my, my count okay or at least four uh straight recording nights yeah I'll say that way because we doubled up at one point but yeah the the, <laughs> the key is that you're you're catching up doing your part i'm also reducing my amount of beer so we're both winning 
because right. uh, I, I am trying to make an I, I really am after I came back from Israel I've really tried to reduce the amount of beer I drink because uh, I did I, 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 that was my resolution I didn't want to I want to try to cut back I've lost you know in, in in this year so far I'm I'm hovering about 10 pounds lost just from the beer intake uh, you know, reducing that alone is you know I dropped 10 pounds so uh, that's pretty good I, I still got 10 pounds to go to get my my fighting weight that uh, that I like to stay at, but I'm okay if I get to uh, you know five more pounds, I'll be golden. But I, to do that, I kind of really have to like cut all my alcohol out, and then I can drop drop down to that extra five. But right now, I'm I'm trying to hold steady at about you know I'm trying to drink about uh, I don't know about six beers a week is what I'm trying to hold back to. Um, so I'm doing pretty good. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, you got nine months for those five pounds. No rush. <laughs> no, uh, I, I kind of, yeah, yeah, no rush, no rush. I, if I just stopped eating altogether, I'd be able to lose it real quick. Yeah, channel your inner monk. <laughs> 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 All right, well, what what beers have you had over the last uh, couple weeks here? Okay, I've had a few, um, but I'm going to just talk about three real quick. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is one a beer I really, really enjoyed. But there's a caveat to it that I'll explain in a minute. This was from Double Mountain Brewery. It's in Oregon, and Hood River, I believe, is where they're out of. And it was the Cary Lad Steamboat Porter. And this was a porter that was, they used lager yeast at ale temperatures to um, to create. And it kind of like, I'm guessing, John, is similar to like what the California Common, is that same type of concept, right? Where you you kind of use a warmer temperature for a lager yeast, is that right? Uh, similar concept. Similar? Yeah. Okay. So, um, great beer. The only problem is it's a great brown ale. <laughs> it's the best, one of the best brown ales, not a hoppy brown ale, but a regular, like we were talking before, like a standard American brown ale. Great malt character. Uh, it does have a little bit of roastiness, but not like roasty enough for called a porter. And when you hold it up to the light, you can see through it. So it's not very dark. It actually looks just like a brown ale would look if you held it up to it. It's like, you know, a lot lighter. Um, so I think they categorized it in the wrong style because it was a fantastic brown ale. Now, John, All right, so have I, you had this? I have this? to ask. Okay. Uh, I have not had this. Okay. Um, I haven't seen this one. We do get Double Mountain, but I haven't seen this one. Um, how did you rate this? Because we've discussed before our different <laughs> rating styles, and you put more emphasis on the stated style uh-huh. than I do. I, I more rate to just straight enjoyment, and yep. you tend to rate as a porter what, yep. what would it, you know. So how did you rate this? So um, I kind of leaned to your style like how you do it but also keeping with mine if it would have been a brown ale style category it was a five cap so i lowered it to a four cap because it was in the wrong style <laughs> oh, that's brutal. <laughs> but brutal. that's the way i roll is that i mean but it's a great beer i, I mean i'm telling you i fell in love with this beer with the first sip and all the way through that whole 16 ounce bottle I loved every every sip I took was just fantastic, but it wasn't a porter, and that's that was what was disappointing me is that you know it, 
if I, you know, I, I, if it would have been a brown style, it's five caps for sure. So that's that's one. If you guys can get Double Mountain in your area and the Carry Lad Steamboat Porter comes, it's in a, it's in a nice bright red label. Can't miss it. Uh, has a steamboat right on the front. It's easy, easy to easy to find. Uh, grab it and try it, and and you won't be disappointed as far as the beer itself. The beer is great. Uh, the next one, um, I'm going to go down south to Stone Brewing. They have released their 20th anniversary Encore Series uh, beer, the 12th anniversary Bitter Chocolate Oatmeal Stout. And uh, this is a, another really, really good um, oatmeal stout. And, John, I believe you've had this one, right? I think I saw you log this one. Yeah, in fact, I might have had this within the last couple of weeks as well. Yeah, so. what what did you think of it? Did you enjoy it? Is it something that that you uh, you deem as noteworthy, or was it just so so? Uh, yeah, I think I gave it four caps okay. uh, on Untapped. Uh, I had this. Uh, we we did breakfast for dinner one night, and we mm. pulled this beer out to have with our uh, breakfast for dinner. So we had some pancakes and scrambled eggs and uh, this beer. Uh, so. Uh, I remember it, uh, being, you know, nice, uh, dark chocolate. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Very dark. Uh, real smooth. Um, I mean, we, we really enjoyed it. Uh, Chris and, uh, really liked this one as well. Mm. So uh, what, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, I agree. I shared this with my son. Um, I, and I actually had had it in my, in my fridge for probably, probably two or three weeks maybe th maybe since I, I think i picked it up the, the weekend i got back from israel so i've had it since then so it's probably three weeks i've had this beer and i was waiting for my son to be able to share it with him because he's really enjoying the you know he's he's enjoying the darker beers and i thought he would really appreciate that he loves oatmeal stouts and i thought hey he'll enjoy and he loved it and i loved it and you're right it had a very dark chocolate that you know when it says bitter chocolate it's because of that dark chocolate and that it, it it had great flavor. I really liked that that bitterness that it provided, and the oatmeal was enough to you know smooth it out, and make it a really smooth, really nice mouthfeel beer. So I really enjoyed it. I think I also gave it four, maybe four and a quarter caps. I think I may have gave it four and a quarter just to to let Wes know that hey, I'm thinking about him. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a great beer. I, I will mention when I, I only had these two as the ones I wanted to mention, but I had another stout that I want to mention. It's from Stone also, and it's their Americano. Um, yes, I had this one. Yeah, as well. the, the coffee espresso stout. I thought or espresso stout, and man, that was also a fantastic beer. I was really Im impressed with that. It had a very a, a very strong espresso type coffee flavor in it, and and I I enjoyed it. But, I mean, pitch black too. Nice black uh, stout. So I, I want to just give a honorable mention to that stout. If you guys enjoy stouts, pick up both of those stouts. Yeah, and I think that one's on shelves right now. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it was released pretty recently. So yeah. All right. Well, hey, those are our noteworthy beers, and I hope that our listeners, that you guys, can find them in your area and give them a shot, a try, and feel free to contact John or I. And let us know what you thought of them. Now, we do have a couple listener questions. And uh, the, these are, you know, John, these these questions are right up your alley. So I'll read them off and I'll chime in. But, you know, I'll let you take the reins a little bit to, you know, to dive into more deeper details on it. But our buddy David at Yojimbo2000 on Twitter, he says, 
I have heard of a beer being, quote, Brett in flavor. I have tried to look this up, and it seems that the description is a wild barnyard flavor. What the heck is that? Can you provide better description? Thanks. So, John, what, right. what, what, what a better description do you have? <laughs> yeah, so uh, Brett uh, refers to Brettanomyces, mm-hmm. um, which is, I guess you could call it a wild yeast. Uh, it's generally found on, like, fruit skins and stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, brewers have have had this in beer for a long time. Uh, traditionally, uh, Lambic, Goose, um, some Saisons have had this. Um and uh, so from a, a flavor and taste perspective, uh, it, you know, that being Brett in flavor, it, unfortunately, it's become kind of a term. And it, it's Brett, Brettanomyces is unique in kind of what it brings. And you almost have to taste it to understand it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it's kind of this funkiness. Uh, a lot of people refer to it as barnyard or a horse blanket. Mm-hmm. Uh, Must be kind of right. Yeah, and it you know it doesn't really sound appealing. Um, and if it gets really intense in that regard, I tend to to not enjoy it as much. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and so th- this is what happens when you know basically a brewer ferments a beer with a, a normal beer yeast and then adds Brettanomyces. It, it generates these flavors. The the Brettanomyces is stressed. There's already a lot of alcohol present. Um, it has to really work to break down the sugars to feed itself. Um, but, uh, recently, um, over the last, I don't know, three, four years, maybe, um, there's kind of been a movement towards some 100% Brett fermented beers, uh, that you started to see pop up and, you know, you immediately think it's going to be, you know, just like a horse is sitting in your beer. Um, but that, that's not what happens. It's not, it doesn't get just really intense with that barnyard, you know, character. Um, in, in this case, you know, the, the Britannomyces isn't fighting for food. You know, it's all alone in a big bath of sugar and it's super happy. Um, so it's just going to produce, you know, more of a kind of fruity tanginess, um, you know, which you you might uh, get out of a more fruity Belgian strain, um, and I, I've seen uh, some breweries kind of experimenting with uh, 100% Brett IPAs to kind of play up some of that like citrus tropical kind of character. Hmm. Um, and I actually had a uh, a Brett fermented IPA um, at the uh, the homebrew conference I just attended. Um, and it did just that. Uh, it was, I'd had the IPA previously and this had just kind of ramped up, um, some of that like pineapple and citrus kind of character in it. Uh, so it's really interesting. And I, um, you know, if you don't like, you know, some of the soury, funky kind of beers, but you see something a hundred percent Brett, don't be afraid. Try it out because it it ferments a lot cleaner in that kind of environment um, and, and can be uh, really interesting. Okay. Yeah, that's good. I uh, I never thought of 100% bread as being something that I, I would enjoy. I mean, I enjoy bread, I enjoy, but I 
I definitely don't like it when it's too too bready. And like and I think maybe you're right when when brewers are adding bread as a secondary like you know yeast to to give it a flavor it may, they may put too much into it and if it's not blended you know cut down and blended to make it so it's not so strong it can really come across a little bit aggressive but uh but yeah i need to maybe search out and find you off the top of your head besides the one you already tasted at the homebrew conference is there do you know of one off the top of your head that is 100 percent that our listeners or myself might be able to find well, off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you anything that okay. might be national. No, no problem. No so. problem. I put you on the spot, so I didn't mean to do that. But uh, ah, that's great. That's great. Well, John, thanks for that uh, detailed uh, explanation. And and I there's a lot of good Brett beers I, I really enjoy. In fact, the ones that I enjoy the most are the ones that are coming from Almanac Brewing. Uh, they're, they're farm to barrel. That's what it is. The farm to barrel series. They have a couple of those Bredemices, um, sours that are absolutely outstanding. And, uh, Peach to Brettville, I think we, did you have the Peach one, John? Peach to Brettville? Have you yes. That, that, yes. that, and I, I don't know. I, don't, I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did, but that beer was fantastic. I absolutely loved the way that that beer, the flavors in that beer came out. And, um, and so, so yeah, I really do appreciate beer. And I will say that I, I did have the stones enjoy after Brett IPA. Uh, I waited a full year to try it. Um, it was okay, but it wasn't anything special. I've got another bottle that I'm aging even longer. Why? Because <laughs> I, as far as I can tell, I can't get it any worse. It might get better. So uh, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll try it here in a, in a month or so, I'll, I'll pop it in the fridge and I'll chill it down and see if it tastes any better. But sometimes things really work well and some things, you know, are yeah, just okay. I also have a bottle of that sitting in the uh, cellar. Okay. You already, you already had one uh, at the regular one year point. No, uh, I listened to you talk about <laughs> one year point and decided to hold off a little bit. Okay. Okay. Well then, you know what? Maybe we should uh, we should plan to try to taste that in the same week and talk about it on the show when we do it. So remind me that when you think about uh, popping that open, that we do it together. That sounds like a good idea. All right. Okay. Well, thank you, David, for your question. Hopefully, you got a satisfactory answer. And now we're going to move on to our next question from our good buddy Robert at TPS Sponge. He says, "What separates an IPA from a pale?" And how close do they come to being the same? And in layman's terms, I'll let John talk about this, you know, the, the numbers, but in layman's terms, what separates the pale from the IPA? It's the additional hops, right, John? Yeah. And, and I mean, you know, for the most I, part, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think, you know, the pale and IPA, I, I add another beer into that spectrum, mm-hmm. and that's the amber. Mm. So, you start with an amber, uh, much more focused on the malt. Yeah. You know, there's enough bitterness not to make it cloyingly sweet. Uh, then you step up into the pale ale, uh, where I think you have a, a really good balance between the malt and the hops, and neither of them really dominates. Uh, but, but it introduces more of that hop flavor and aroma. And then you take one more step uh, to the IPA, and now you've got a much more sort of bitterness, 
the hops are are in the center mm-hmm. and a uh, big hop aroma and flavor and the malt is just there to to be a delivery system essentially mm-hmm. um and you know in e- each one of these steps you also take a a little bit of a step in terms of alcohol as well uh, so they're all increasing in in you know strength in terms of a beer um so you know there there's definitely overlap uh i would say um and you know we which we've talked about over the last episode or two um you know we talked about oh, i think i had a pale ale uh that i thought should have been an ipa and you had an ipa that should have been a pale ale you know <laughs> market that way or maybe vice versa but yeah. you know there there's definitely some gray area at the upper end of the pale ale and the lower end of the ipa scale um so uh you know to talk numbers uh i'm taking this from the the new 2015 uh beer judge certification program guidelines which has a pale ale uh with 30 to 50 ibus so that's your bitterness and four and a half to 6.2 percent abv which i think the 6.2 is uh too high yeah i agree in my personal opinion um but uh then you know ipa uh 40 to 70 IBUs. So you, you see the higher floor and a much higher ceiling uh, for the bitterness and five and a half to seven and a half ABV. And I disagree with that five and a half number um, on this one. I think mm-hmm. that should start at six Yeah, and, you know, pale ale probably, I guess by that, you know, logic max six, but I more put that at the five and a half mark. Um, in my own head. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, they, there's definitely, uh, you know, some, some play there on the margin, but, uh, really IPA, more hops, more bitterness, um, than a pale ale, which I think is more balanced from a malt, you know, sweetness to bitterness perspective, mm-hmm. but still with the hop flavor and aroma, um, that will be present mm-hmm. in that one. So that that's what I would say uh, is is how to to look at those two styles. Excellent, well done, John. I I couldn't agree more with everything you said. Even your uh, what you suggest as far as alcohol percentages, I completely agree. So there we go, Robert. Now you know. Now you know. Um, and knowing is half the battle. And knowing is half the battle. <laughs> All right. Well. Hey, if you want to be like David and Robert and get in on the action and be a part of the show, you can contact us. Uh, you can contact us with comments or questions. You can reach us through email at tapthecraft at gmail.com. Or if you rather just hit us on social media, you can do us. Do us. <laughs> you can. <laughs> yeah, you can. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can uh, uh, tweet us on Twitter at at tap the craft, one word, uh, and we'll answer your questions, add them into the show, and and you can be part of the show. And if you don't do Twitter and you don't like to email, but you do like Facebook, we also have a Facebook page. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash tap the craft. You can um, add to our wall on our page, ask us questions there. I'll, we can put them into the show. So 
Uh, and 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 please go ahead and look at all the great great stuff we post, and uh, and comment on it, and you know you can be part of the action there too on our Facebook page. Okay, it's time for our brew buzz segment, and the brew buzz segment is devoted to discussing all kinds of various beer related topics. And this week we're going to focus on my favorite social beer drinking networking app called Untapped. And we're going to do some tips and tricks. And uh, this is where you may be using Untapped, but you may not be using it to its full potential. And uh, a lot of these things, they aren't really, you know, that we're going to tell you, they're not really obvious until you play around with it. And you might be asking yourself, how the hell do I do this? Or how do I do this? Or this is ridiculous. I can't figure out this thing. Well, guess what? John and I, we have the answers that you've been looking for. So, John, um, for the most part, I think I, I don't use the website very much. So I'm going to, you know, mostly talk from experience on the iPhone app. And I know that you use an Android device. So you're probably going to come from the Android device and maybe the website too, if you are a big user of the website. I, what, what do you prefer? Do you use the website very often? Uh, I mostly use the uh, Android app. Um, the the website's a little more robust if you're looking for uh, a lot of detail or stats, which mm -hmm. we'll get into. Okay. Um, it's got a few more options, but uh, yeah, mostly uh, the the Android app. Okay. All right. So um, I'm just gonna start off and and talking about coming from the the and I'm not sure it's a little bit different on the Android. So I'm gonna talk from the iOS app and uh, basically on the you open the app up on the bottom of the app you'll have different sections that you can go to and the one on the far left on the on the app, apple uh, app is like a timeline page it kind of shows you what's been checked in from the friends what you checked in personally and what your friends have checked into kind of gives you their beer the time they did it you can get a little synopsis of what they're drinking and how they're they're going about you can see your friends and you can also see uh, people that what they're drinking nearby so there's a, there's your your full timeline uh uh, what people are drinking nearby you, wherever your physical location is, and also, as we mentioned a few shows ago, with the new feature about adding groups, you can also uh, select your group, and you can have a special, um, you know, group of people you want to just follow and see what they've been drinking. So if you don't want to get swallowed up with, if you have, you know, a thousand friends on Untapped, you might lose track of a couple of your closer friends. So you can make a group of of people you how you want to, you know, organize them and. I have my group of bros with all my favorite untappers on there. All my bro and you know what? There's there's not only bros in there. There's I, I don't want to say hoes. <laughs> bros and hoes kind of goes together. But there's also my female uh, untapped uh, followers in there too that I I like to see what they you know what they post. So that's kind of in in the area that you know on our is that the same for the um, Android app? Is it the 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 tab on the on the bottom of the far left is that the same thing for you? Uh, no, so all of our tabs are at the top. Oh, um, okay. But we have uh, in the timeline friends, global, and nearby because we don't have groups yet. So oh, we, we haven't gotten that update. Okay, all right. So okay, yeah. So, instead of groups, we can see worldwide what people are doing. Okay, so. well, excellent. Okay, so, um, now the next tab or the next area, I'm not sure what to call it. It's kind of like a, like a trending thing, or you can, I don't know what it is. I, I kind of call it like the trending page, 
it gives you options to to uh, to search from um, nearby beers and and this this section I only pretty much use when I'm away from home. Uh, I'm somewhere else I'm not familiar with. What I'll do is I'll sometimes go to these and I'll search for these different. I'll, I'll go ahead and and hit the button for these different things and I'll see what's nearby. And one of the things you can do is see what nearby beers are being checked in. So if I'm in Virginia and I, I check the nearby beers, I'll be seeing what people are, are posting nearby me that I might be interested in trying. There's also the trending beers, what the, you know, the biggest beers that are trending right now across all of Untapped. There's uh, nearby venues. So if you're new to an area, it's great for traveling. If you're in a town you're not familiar with and you want to see where other people are checking in around you, what venues that you might want to go try that might have good beers or a good nightlife, then you can go ahead and, and show you the check-ins that are coming by from nearby venues and breweries, which is also nice. So again, very helpful if you're in an area you're not familiar with. Now, the take it with a, a, a grain of salt because um, that that's not a completely 100% accurate. So if I search for breweries in the Boise area, there are some breweries like for example tin barrel that doesn't show up in the app now, i don't know if it's because they removed them because of the fact that they're no longer craft i don't know what the deal is but they don't sh you know tin barrel doesn't show up anymore and i thought that was kind of weird that they disappeared from my nearby breweries but they did but uh, but at least you can give you an idea if there's you know a few breweries by you um also it can give you the top rated beers of on untapped and that changes daily now pretty much the top rate of beers are still the top rate of beers because there's so many check-ins to them that they're going to remain at the top but it gives you an idea what some of the beers that you might want to try to look for you know when you're out in this beer the bottle shop and you find something you're like hey so i try that yeah it's a top rate of beer and of course there's a global feed which allows you to look at everything around the world being checked in so you can kind of see what's being checked in around the world yeah, and that's the same for this page. Is the same for Android, except for the global feed, which is still on our timeline because we don't have groups yet. Okay. So okay, uh, I assume once we get that, the the global will move to the trending page. But yeah, I don't use this page nearly at all. But yeah, um, I think now that you mentioned, you know, when traveling, I'll try to think to to use that more when I'm when I'm on the road. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Oh yeah, that's the only time. Like I said, that's the only time I use it is when I'm on the road. Uh, because that's, I mean, to me, it's the only time that it's really pertinent is when I'm not familiar with things. Um, I'm going to cover the next page real quick and then John, I'll let you cover the, the, some stuff after that. But the next thing is like the search page. And this is where you can, you can search for your beer. And one feature that, that, uh, John poo pooed on the new iOS, uh, features was the <laughs> UPC code. That why would you ever use a UPC code? Because, um, I'll just simply type it in. Okay. Uh, I've had a lot of experience with this now that we've, we know it's been a, a month or so since we've had this feature and I've tried it in a number of different ways. And here's how I use it. When I'm at the bottle shop and I'm looking at 20, 30 different beers, I don't want to sit there trying to type in the name the way and find it. If I just pick up the bottle and scan it, it will go and list the beer and the beer if it's and I found out that if the beer is if it's a seasonal uh, UPC code, then it will list all the seasonal beers that it could be. It's so easy to look at a list of five beers it could be and pick it out. 
than to type in the name. So this is actually a very useful feature in the new iOS app, uh, mainly if you just want to find a beer quickly, and it's pretty accurate. Now, when I was in Israel, um, only, I think, one beer showed up. Uh, when Of all the beers that I tried to scan the code on, only one showed up that was in the database. Uh, the rest of them weren't in the database. But that's if you're overseas. If in, in, in the States, I think you're going to have a little bit better uh, luck at getting it to work. So I wanted to, you know, since I have that feature and I really enjoy it, I wanted to say, hey, it does work. And And if you don't, I don't necessarily use it when I'm at home typing in my beer, but I do use it when I'm at the bottle shop and I want to quick, quickly, you know, see what I've tried and haven't tried. Yeah, see, I, when I'm at the bottle shop, I'm like pretending I'm texting, you know, when, <laughs> when I'm looking for my beers yeah. rather than like, oh, it's clear that I, I don't want this because I've already had it before. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and it was funny. It, it, what is funny too is that, um, people will come up to you and they'll see what you're doing, right? The guys that are stocking shelves and stuff. And, and I don't care. I'm sitting there and, and, and I'll go and search for my beer because I want to make sure I get something that's, you know, if it's something new that I haven't heard of and I'm not sure of the brewery, I'm not going to buy something without at least going on and seeing what the overall, you know, what, how people are rating it. I, I, you know, I don't just take one rating and say, oh yeah, it's rated poorly. I'm going to try it. I go and read through a bunch of people's experiences because I know that everyone has different taste criteria. So I can't just base it off of one person's idea. They, theirs might be different than mine. So I, I'll go through and I'll get a consensus of, okay, the rating is this and some of these people think this and that. Is it worth it for me to try it or not? And if I see that most of the ratings are poor, I won't waste my money on it. So, um, you know, it is kind of a, a good, you know, a good tool to use when you're shopping for beer because beer, craft beer is expensive. My son came, he brought me some of those, uh, I, I'm going to do a plug for Deschutes Brewery. Uh, you know, the Northwest Pale Ale, the Red Chair. Uh, that's a fantastic beer. He went to the store and picked it up at this grocery store and he comes back and he brings me a few. We're drinking them and he says, man, dad, I didn't realize how expensive buying a six pack of craft beer is. I said, you know, son, you pay for quality, but you're right. It is expensive. And if he would have bought that six pack and he wouldn't have enjoyed it, that would have felt like he, you know, he got gypped because he paid a premium price for beer and he didn't get the enjoyment out of it. So um, luckily he had already tasted the beer at a bar and liked it. So he picked up a six pack after he got, you know, yeah, he found it in the store. But but yeah, so don't be scared to, to pull out your apps and use them. I, I use it, just not that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. You're stealthy. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so basically uh, from here you search for a beer and it shows you um, it also, uh, by default on the iOS app, when you go to that page, it shows you your last, like, five, uh, distinct check-ins you did, or actually maybe it'd be the last five check-ins you did. So if you are drinking the same beer again, if it's within the last five beers you drank, you can just select it again and check into it really easy. So it's kind of a nice, quick use feature, which you guys probably already seen. Another thing that's really great is, um... There's also a tab for suggested um, beers, and this is based on what your friends are drinking. So you use two tabs. You go to the suggested beers tab, and now you can see based on how many friends are drinking it, it will list the, the, the beers that are popular that your friends are drinking right now. And so you'll go there. You'll see that John, uh, David, 
and Robert are all drinking this one beer. And if you haven't had that beer, it will allow you to add it to your wish list if you are curious about it. Or you can just select a beer. It will pop up the screen. You can go and check out, you know, how they rated it and everything. And you can add it to your wish list. But one of the things I wanted to point out was there is a, uh, a plus sign next to the beer. And if you see a beer that just sounds good, then you can just hit the plus sign and it will add you to your wish list. And you can then have a, a quick, quick, a quick reference for you to be able to, to access it in the future. All right. One other thing is that if you were to put in the beer or the brewery that you're searching for in the, in the search bar, it will list uh, a number of beers from that brewery or the beer itself. And what's convenient is if you've already had the beer, there will be a blue asterisk in the corner, like a blue uh, triangle with an asterisk in it in the, in the right upper right corner of the beers that are showing up in the display. And there's also a yellow check uh, checkmark box that allows you to go directly to checking into the beer instead of looking at the beer page, which could which shows you how many people have checked into it, what the average rating is, what your friends have done. If you want to ignore all that and just check into a beer without you know with you know skipping a step, you can just hit the checkmark box and it will go right to checking into that beer, which is a a shortcut. Yeah, and that, that's a feature that uh, one of my friends uses. Um... Because he doesn't want to be influenced by other people when he's rating a beer. So, you know, he'll skip tr- straight to that, I- ignore the beer page, and uh, and check into the beer. Um, and, you know, another bonus is if you're in a place that doesn't have great, you know, cell service or something, it's one less page you have to sit there and wait to load, <laughs> you know, while, yeah. while you're trying to check your beer in. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, it's a handy feature uh, from time to time. Yeah, that's one thing you, you mentioned, John, that's really important is that, um, depending on your service, whether you, if you're able to get Wi-Fi, a good Wi-Fi connection at your venue, then that's, that usually works pretty good. But if you're on sales service and you have spotty sales service, uh, the app does take some band, you know, a little bit of bandwidth and it does take a lot longer to update and show everything. So by using that check mark box, that saves you a whole extra screen to load. It gets you checked in faster. So that's a good, that's a good tip. So now, John, uh, there's some other things you can do. Once you, let's say you search for a beer, instead of hitting the check mark box to go straight to the check-in, you just want to look at the beer page. You actually want to be informed about your beer. Um, why don't you talk about uh, what you see when you go to that beer page? Yeah, so uh, when you're on a beer page, uh, you know, big box right at the top, check-in. We all know what that one does. Uh, you can add it to your wish list. There's a box for that. There's a box to to find it, uh, or I think it'll, it'll try to find a, a bar where people have been logging it. Um, but, uh, under that you'll see uh total and that's the total number of times that beer has been checked in monthly. And that's the m- number of times it's been checked in this month. And then you, and that's the number of times you've checked into that. And, uh, you know, you can click each of these boxes, but, uh, the one that I, I find most important is, is the you. And I, th- I think I taught you this, Denny, that you can click on that you box and it shows you all the times that you've checked into that beer. You you did. Um, you did. So, you know, if, if you've had the beer before, uh, you know, you had maybe a middling rating or, you know, you can see, oh, what was it? You know, did I think maybe that was old when I had it? Did I, you know, you, you can get a little more detail and fast uh, to find your uh, check-in. Or if you're talking to a friend, hey, have you had this beer? Pull up the beer, 
push the U box and you can see, oh yeah, and this is what I thought about it. You know, and that's what uh, I think Danny and I have been using, especially the last couple episodes, uh, you know, when we're talking our new and noteworthy, you know, yes, I've had that beer and this is what I thought, you know, three months ago. If you tried to scroll through all of your check-ins, you yeah. know, to get back to December to talk about the fix, uh, you wouldn't have done that. No. <laughs> you know, it'd be such a pain. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, speaking of that, you know, the... Under, underneath, uh, you know, your rating for the beer, the brewery, um, there on on the Android at least, there's a, a global friends and details. And if you click that friends, uh, you know, I'm on my uh, the, the fix right now, um, and I can see that uh, two friends have uh, had this beer with an average rating of 4.38. And I can see uh, one of my friends here locally has had it. And I can see Denny's check-in. He said, hell yeah, big chocolate and coffee flavor. A thick, viscous mouthfeel. He likes it. Um, so, you know, this is a way that you can, you know, if you're scanning that barcode at the UPC or if you're more of an introvert like me and you're pretending you're texting while you look up the beer, um, you know, you can click on your friends, see, uh, you know, somebody that maybe has similar interest to you, uh, they like the beer, so you'll probably like the beer and, you know, know that you'll, you'll like it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I, I've found that, uh, really useful. Yeah. Yeah. I, I use the friends a lot. Um, especially when I'm looking for beers to try, cause I, I just mentioned it's expensive and I'm, I'm starting to cut back on the number of big bombers that are, that are above. I mean, even a, a $10 bomber is not too bad. Fifteen to twenty dollar bombers and twenty five dollar bombers. Those those are really expensive, and I'm trying to cut back on the number that I'm buying because it's, it starts to eat into your wallet. If so, it's very helpful if I can quickly look at my friends and see if they went and spent that money and enjoyed it. If they spent the money and enjoyed it, then you know what? It makes it more worthwhile for me to try it than if than than not. So I use the friends all the time just to get an idea of what you know, what the average friends rating. And I, a lot of my friends are here locally. So I know that a lot of stuff that they're drinking, I can get. And, and so I know I have a, a good access to, to information. Yeah. Local bros. That's right. <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, another thing you can click is, uh, the details. And if the brewery has put in information or the users have put in information, there'll be a description there, the beer, um, and then similar beers, um, which is uh, kind of like the suggested mm-hmm. uh, that Denny mentioned earlier, but it's specific to that beer. Um, so, like when I click that, the similar beers for the fix, you know, the Ninkasi Noir, which I think we've talked about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Heavy Seas, Peg Leg. It, it even lists Deschutes the Abyss, which I'm not sure <laughs> that that uh, follows suit exactly. But, no. uh, you know, I, I'm this may also go on. Similar style and people really like it because this, you know, the fix has a really high rating and I'd, I'd be willing to bet that the abyss has a really high rating. Um, yeah, they're both about the same. Mm-hmm. So around 4.3 average. Um, so an, another, uh, you know, useful thing if you're like, you know what, I really like this beer. What else can I get that that's similar? Um, so, uh, you know, uh, that that's more of the uh self-serving um features from the from the beer page. Um 
apart from that, there you can also uh, you know help out the untapped community at large. Um, and this is where you would um, you know help fix a page or you know things like that. And you access this by uh, clicking the the three dots in the upper right hand corner which I think on most phones now is uh, synonymous with a, a settings or mm-hmm. something like that, you know. Um, but from there, uh, you can propose an edit, uh, which you can report a change to a beer name, a brewery name, uh, the alcohol content, IBUs, style, you know, all, all sorts of things, um, whether or not it's even made anymore, mm-hmm. yeah. um, which you'll see a lot if you check into something maybe you've been holding on to for a while, uh, that they the brewery does a yearly version of it'll say not in production you know big red banner mm-hmm. um, to kind of say hey are you sure that you're drinking this um, because they don't make this anymore um, but uh, I'm pretty sure if you propose an edit they they have a moderation team that yeah. will then you know check it out uh, make sure that you are right and then put it in there so it's a good way to give back uh, to the community. Um, Another option, uh, flag as duplicate. Uh, this has come about uh, from the untapped stance uh, that they changed uh, early on, uh, which is uh, they don't want separate entries for every little one-off that a brewery might do mm-hmm. from a beer, um, especially with cask versions. Mm. Um, that breweries are doing a lot these days. Like, oh, they'll put their pale ale on this week with uh, watermelon in it next week with some strawberry and they yeah, don't want, yeah. you know, individual entries for all of those. They tell you, okay, log it and say in your comments, I had this on cask with watermelon. Um, so the flag is duplicate. You can say, Hey, this beer entry shouldn't be here. It's just a one-off from, you know, whatever. And they'll look at it and, and remove it if necessary. And I assume roll everybody's check-ins into the, uh, other beer. I don't know what happens if (laughs) you've logged into a duplicate and then they say, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't count. Um, but, uh, so, uh, you can then, uh, from that same, uh, triple dot, uh, menu you can filter check-ins and, uh, on Android, you can only filter to your own check-ins. So, uh, you know, similar to, Clicking on the the U, you can see your check-in. So filtering to your own, um, yeah, I don't know that it's that worthwhile. It's more steps. Um, but uh, apparently on the uh, iPhone, you can also filter check-ins by friends. So you can skip right to the friends rather than the global. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Will it default to that um, if, if you click that? Yeah, so this is one of those features that uh, works sometimes and doesn't work sometimes. So I've had it. I think it just depends on whether the app is is behaving or misbehaving. So um, I've used this in the past where I just want the default. I want to filter by my friends. So I set the setting and I set and forget. And now when I go to a beer, it automatically shows me my friends who's checked into it instead of global check-ins, which is very convenient because that's what I look at most. I don't, I mean, I, yeah, it's cool to see what people are, you know, what they're saying in California and New York or whatever. But, you know, what's more important is to see what my friends that I trust are saying. And so it's it's convenient to do that. The problem is 
is that that'll work for a while and then it will default back to the global and then I'll go to change it back to my friends and it won't stick for a day or two. So I don't know if it's on the, you know, I'm assuming it's on the app side, but it might be on the server side and maybe when they're having server issues, when they're doing these maintenance things that are going on, it maybe it resets that, uh, that filter. But I just wanted to throw it out there to you guys because it is something that I do use and I do enjoy, um, that, Sometimes works and sometimes doesn't. So it's it's a it's a tip and trick that comes and goes. Yeah, that'd be convenient. I wouldn't mind if it showed my friends first because I I care more about that because I I'm more familiar with their opinion in general with beer than yeah people around the world. So yeah, so so right now it's working on my phone. Um, <laughs> I mean, so again, it just depends. Sometimes it works, and whenever I see it go back to global, then I just go back in and I I set it back to friends, and usually it sticks until the next time it disappears again. Uh, yeah, so another thing that uh, I know a lot of us like are the badges. I, I, I know I'm not alone, and I've occasionally bought a beer or, or something <laughs> you know, to get the badge. You know, they got the special badges that I'm, I'm sure are promotion, and that's how Untap pays the bills. But um, you know, then you have all your other, you know, drink this many IPAs or porters or you know, whatever, all those badges. Um, so if if you go to your profile page on uh in the app uh you can see your your total number of badges and if you if you click on that number uh it'll bring up the whole badge menu. I think there's three different pages like beers uh like breweries or or something about you know checking into venues and then special ones which is more of the promoted or uh holidays that kind of thing. Um and if you bring up the, those different pages, you can uh, click on individual badges, uh, see what you need to do. It'll give you a description if you don't have it. Um, or you can uh, see, I've earned this this badge, and it'll show you which beer uh, got you the badge, um, uh, which which is kind of cool. A little uh, reminiscing for, for some of uh, the, the kind of important milestone badges, especially the, uh, you know, different uniques. Uh, you know, 500, 1,000, mm-hmm. you know, those kinds of uh, milestones. You can see which which beer tipped you over the edge. Um, and then some of them will even show you a progress bar. And th- these are more the, uh, the style ones, you know, drink this many IPAs. Uh, it'll show you, you know, you need four more to get the next level of the badge. Um, so, you know, if, if you're if you're really focused on the badges, you can use this page to... Uh, really speed up your progress and uh, kind of focus in on what on what you need to do. You know, maybe you're already level 50 IPAs. You need to stop drinking them. Uh, <laughs> go, get, go get something else. Um, I don't know. Do, do you use the the badges? Do you do you chase badges at all? I don't chase them, but I enjoy getting them. And I probably the one that I chase is the new new brew Thursday. Uh, it's it's one that takes effort to get because you have to drink you have to drink a new distinct beer at least one on three thursdays in a month to be able to get the next level so i always try to drink a new distinct beer on every on a thursday every thursday so i can be you know i get that badge one one level every month i get and that's about the only one i chase everything else comes natural i just try to i mean i've maxed out the 50 ipa badge before they even went to 50 I mean, as soon as they went to 50, um, all my 
old check-ins counted and I was over 50 at that point. So uh, yeah, I've had quite a few like that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a, a little history for those that don't know the, the new brew Thursday, that was a podcast or video podcast uh, that ended up with their own sponsored badge. I don't know if they, you know, paid for, for that or, you know, they are friends with the untapped folks, but that, that podcast isn't around anymore, but, uh, at least a couple of the guys are now part of the four brewers yeah. uh, podcast, right? Yep. Yeah. So I, I, I just checked. I'm level 17 on that badge on the IPA uh, on the new brew Thursday. Oh, okay. Um, badge. And the one that uh, got me that latest level was the uh, 12th anniversary bitter, bitter chocolate oatmeal stout. So there you go. Uh, fitting for this episode. That's the one we should, we would see. Um, uh, which, which, where is that new brew Thursday? Where's that located on? It's on the special. The special? All, it was all the way to the bottom for me. Okay. Let me find it. I'm, uh, I'm curious what level I'm at. Oh man. It's not letting me go to the boat. Okay, there we go. New brew Thursday. This is great radio as I'm. Yeah. Very visual. Oh, I'm, I'm you know. 27. See, I am chasing that one. Oh. Pretty good. Yeah. You're a uh, levels above me. Yes, but yes. I need to somehow distract you on Thursdays. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's the only one I chase really. Everything else, like I said, it, I'm 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 chasing the uh the, the elite badge for 2500 uh, unique beers. It feels like forever since I've been chasing that one and I don't know if I'll ever make the epic within my lifetime because that's 5000. And oh, that's a- it's kind of a quitter attitude. Well, I mean, I'll that. try, but it's going to take me. I mean, I've been on this app for four years now, and I'm not even 2,500 yet. So, yeah, I, I will say the ones that uh, interest me the most now are more of the international ones. You know, try so many Polish beers or Brazilian beers. Yeah, um, yeah. Because uh, you know, uh, a lot of these places are you know kind of revamping their their beer scene, and they're putting yeah. out a lot of good. Stuff. And yeah, so, yeah. I'm kind of intrigued to kind of. Oh, you know, that's a good reminder to go try some of these things. So, um, all right. So I think that's enough for, for badges, uh, at least for the two of us, it's more of a, more of a side thing than, mm-hmm. than anything. Um, but I, I would say the thing that I, uh, enjoy most, uh, of the untapped, uh, features is digging into my beer history. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll start with what you can do uh, from the app. Um, and so just like the badges, if you go to your profile page, you can start digging into this. Um, so instead of clicking your badges, click on your distinct beers. And that will take you uh, to uh, what's the start of a list of, of all the unique beers that you've checked into. And I think it gives you your 10 or 15 uh, most recent uh, right away. Um, and you can start searching. There's a search bar from there. Um, but, uh, it gets more interesting if, uh, at least on Android, we've got a, a slider bar at the top. Is that mm-hmm. yep. same for you? Same, same here. Okay. So if you click that, it gives you a number of different options. So you can, uh, filter by style. Um, and that will, uh, bring up, you know, I, at the top, uh, I've had five alt beers. That's the, the first one in the alphabet. No, no, go, go down. No, no, go down to IPA American. 
<laughs> I want to compare. I have 229. I'll do, you, I'll do that when I jump to the web because it's, it's much easier and I don't have to load a bunch of pages to get further in the alphabet. Um, so you can see, uh, you know, the number that you've done and you can click on the style and it will show you uh, all five, five of those, um, starting from the most recent down. So my most recent alt beer, uh, at least according to Untapped, was the Lagunitas Doppelsticky. So th that's what I've had. Um, so, uh, you know, another, um, option for filtering, uh, you can do breweries. Obviously this, uh, will sort it into breweries. You can see, uh, what breweries you hit the most. Um, and then there are other sorting options. Uh, and from here in Android, you can do uh date most recent, which is what the standard is. That's what you'll see if you just bring up your distincts, um, Beer name, uh, which will just do it all alphabetically. Uh, your most check-in, um, which for me, uh, oops, this is still filtered by alt beer. Um, but my most checked-in is a homebrew. It's my Janet's Brown. Uh, I've checked into that uh, twenty times. I, I remember that from looking up stuff before the show. Can you can you guess? Um, can you guess what my uh, most checked-in beer is? Your most checked-in. Yeah. Oh. My gut says something Lagunitas. <laughs> Close, but it's not Lagunitas. Close, no. What's the not other Lagunitas. one? What's the other one that I talked about all the time on the forty cast? Oh, jeez. It's seasonal. Seasonal. Yeah. I thought you knew me, John. I thought we were friends. Uh, no. Okay. I, I put on a facade. Okay. <laughs> for all the listeners out for all the listeners out there that know me, you may I'm gonna give the answer, but just keep in mind if you thought this when you when I asked it. Yeah, it's you're, you're better than me. It's Burr. Burr. Yeah, that would make sense. Fifty four check ins. See, I, I my first thought was to go to something payette, but that didn't make sense to me in my head. And then I, I couldn't shake payette or Lagunitas out of my head. Uh, then then is sucks is fifteen is the next highest. And then Jubileo is twelve. I don't know why I checked into Burr so many times. That's weird. But, I don't know. Well, but it, you know, maybe early on you were doing it all the time. In, yeah, yeah. I mean, was, now you and I don't check in that often unless we haven't had the beer before. Yeah, that's true. So, that's true. Uh, we don't want to have people see the pattern. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, other so other things you can sort by uh, is highest rated and lowest rated in the app. Uh, do you have any other options in the iPhone app? Nope. That was it. That, that's it for you. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so here's where, here's the pretty much the only time I'll use the web. And that's when I want to dig further into these, these kind of things. Um, and, uh, so if you, you can do the same thing, um, on the web, click on your uniques and you got a couple of drop down menus. Uh, one is for styles. Uh, so here I'll give you my IPA. Um, my American IPA is 261. So, wow, I bested you. You did best uh, me. Holy, how many? How about your uh, double IPA? I have 105. 97. Ah, I bested you. But I'll, I'll pick up another one tonight. I'll be at 98 <laughs> once I log this uh, intro. Um, so that gives you the. If you want to see by style, going to the web is really quick and easy. It gives you everything in a single drop-down menu that you can scroll through. Um, so 
my IPAs is easily my my highest. Um, in fact, quick. Uh, okay, pale ale is also triple digits at one thirty two. Uh, that might be my only other triple digit style. Um, yeah. Okay, but uh, the other sorting options you have. So you've got date, um, but here you can do ascending or descending. So I could click and see from my first check-in on, you know, what, what it was. And that's one thing that the web will let you do. It'll let you go up or down from any of these criteria. Um, so uh, you can do highest check-in, lowest check-in, beer name from A to Z or Z to A. Um, your highest rated, lowest rated, similar. Um, you can also see highest rated and lowest rated from a global perspective um, that you've checked into. And, and here's a fun one. Uh, highest uh, and lowest ABV. Um, so for me, my highest ABV is 27%. Um, and that's uh, Samuel Adams' Utopias that I was oh, yeah. uh, able to share at a homebrew club meeting um, somebody brought in and we all got to taste a small sample. Um, outside of that, uh, 18% um, from two different beers, uh, 120-minute IPA and Rumpkin, Avery Rumpkin. So uh, that's kind of a fun one. Um, okay, so you can also do from lowest, uh, so, which so, uh, is showing a bunch of my homebrew that I didn't put anything in. Guess what's, you, what's your highest? <laughs> you're never going to guess in a million years. Take, take one guess. No. You, you have a guess? The iced IPA we had. No. That was actually oh. the third highest. The <laughs> highest came from okay. you. It was your Applejack <laughs> Apple wine at 20%. <laughs> was that really 20%? Huh, so did you log that? Yeah. In as my okay. But I didn't put that in, so uh <laughs> I didn't I don't have a measurement of that, uh, but that's what the recipe was quoted at bringing it out. Oh I, I don't have a way of measuring that high of an alcohol. Oh, okay, because um, I, I was shocked when I saw your Cedar Rose Brewing is my number my highest uh, ABV. My second highest is a worldwide stout from Dogfish Head. That's eighteen percent. And then the dusty ice from Hot Beam Brewing is 15%. So, yeah. yeah. It's my lowest, uh, if you get to an actual ABV, is two and a half. And that's uh, Lindemann's Frambois. So, so mine is... There's a bunch that have no ABV, and it's a lot of one-offs and that kind of thing. Yeah, you're right. I have... A, I have, Yeah, it's too much to show. I have too many no ABVs. Yeah. So... Uh, also on the web, you can do the breweries, styles, but you can also do by country. Um, and then uh, it'll give you a separate drop-down. Um, and by a landslide, the United States is my my largest at over 1,600. Um, second place is Germany at 31. So uh, like I mentioned, I, I could do a lot better trying out a lot of these uh, you know, international beers. Um, but I think that, that pretty much wraps it up what all, all kinds of fun stuff you can do inside untapped. All right. Well, we definitely unleashed untapped for you. So, uh, hopefully you guys will now be able to use it, uh, more effectively, more efficiently. 
All right, we want to thank Open Forum Radio Network for supporting the show and for, for providing our hosting space at openforumradio.com. And we just want to promote some of the great shows. So here are some of the great shows that Open Forum Radio Network has to offer. Hey, you. Thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft with Denny and John. Now, I know you're a crafty consumer. And if you would like to consume other great podcasts, check out OpenFormRadio.com. We house such podcasts as Opaform Radio Proper, The 40 Cast, Geeks for the Win, I Recommend, Just Press Start, The Married Gamers, Gamer Husbands Radio, The OMG Hour, Gamers Unscripted, Lost Treasures of Gaming, Primetime, My Peanut Gallery, and many, many more. And please remember to leave these fine fellas a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to this show. Again, thank you so much for listening to Tap the Craft. <laughs> All right, so now it's time to discuss a couple newsworthy articles in the craft beer industry, and the first one is uh, is, is come is kind of close to my heart. It's one of my favorite breweries in Oregon. It's from the Schutz Brewery. They announced that they're opening an East Coast. Well, they're going to be building an East Coast facility in Roanoke, Virginia, and this is uh, I mean. It doesn't surprise me that they want to get over to the East Coast to try to get their distribution in a, into a larger space. Um, they have explored hundreds of, of potential locations in the, that region over the past two years. It's, this is this has been uh, going on for quite quite a while, uh, and they decided to select the Roanoke, Virginia area. And they say it's because of the culture and the community. It, that fit really well with the Deschutes decade roots or decade deep roots. And, um, I've, I mean, if anyone has visited Bend, Oregon and Deschutes Brewery, you probably know the kind of community they're talking about. And I, I have a friend, a coworker here that I work with and he is from Roanoke. And when I told him, Hey, guess what? Deschutes is opening a brewery in your, in your hometown. He said, why? And I, so I had to sit there and explain to him, well, I mean, I understand your town is small, right? He says, yeah, it's a small town thing. I don't know why anyone would open a brewery there. I said, because that is what Bend is. Bend is a small town. They have that small town feel. They want to have that sense of community. And so it's like a perfect fit. You know, they they obviously felt comfortable in that area. So I think that's the main reason that they chose that location of any other in the, in the Virginia area. Um, so I thought that was kind of cool. Now, What's interesting is they aren't planning on starting construction on this facility until 2019. 2019. That's a that's a few years away. Yeah, it makes me wonder what what's kind of going on here because um, it seems you know there's been this trend of uh, Western breweries moving east, mm-hmm. um, not really moving east, but opening up eastern Expanded. facilities yeah, to yeah. yeah to expand and and get fresh beer you know, nationwide faster. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they all seem to announce it and, and start right yeah, away. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of odd to me that we've got this three year lag, um, to, to start construction uh, on this facility. And then that it's going to take two more years for them to start shipping beer. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> seems really odd to me. I, I so. agree. I agree. And I'm wondering if it has to do with getting their finances in check, um, getting their plans built, getting their approvals. I mean, maybe there's a big, long process involved in getting what they need to get the size of the facility they want and everything done 
uh, you know, within the, you know, within reason. So maybe that's why they weren't, they were, they were trying to find a location, getting that worked out before they, they actually set solid plans. And now they're in that phase of, Let's start designing the building, the, the grounds, the you know, getting the permits, getting yeah. the, the stuff ordered. Maybe maybe the 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 Bruce uh, system that they want to put in there uh, has a two year waiting list. You know, I mean, maybe there's a waiting time period to get what they need. So I, I thought it was odd too, uh, especially you know, starting three years. I would have thought maybe in a year they'd be ready to start, and then a, you know, and then maybe after a year they started production they'd be you know putting out beer uh i just think it's weird that they won't be putting out beer for five years that they'll be yeah I, I can tell you a a brew system of their the size that they're looking at it's not going to be a three-year lag there's not a lot of places you know that do that kind of size that are going to be that backed up because yeah. i mean there's not that many breweries that size right yeah um and you know it it's odd to me, like the stone bid, you know, that they were doing, they had everything up front and said, this is exactly what we want in a site and you need to be able to meet all these criteria. Yeah. And, you know, they knew going into it, you know, maybe it's a different approach. I, I don't know, but it, it's just weird uh, to me. Well, so. stone, stone's a different beast because stone, not only were they looking for another spot in in east coast the richmond facility they're, they're building right now so they already had things in plan but they also were had plans to go to germany right berlin they opened up their brewery in berlin and and they also had a plan to do like a special some kind of hotel or or some kind of a retreat thing that they were going to do also so they had all these grandiose plans that they already had in the back of their minds i don't think the shoots really you know, if you ever go to Bend, you'll see that their facility is the biggest facility in the area, but it's still small compared to it's like hometown mentality versus corporate. You know, go out and get it yeah. prepared. But at the same time, I would say if you're not doing something fancy like Stone, you just need to build a brewery, and you know exactly what that looks like. That's true, right? That's true. So. Yeah. It should be relatively easy. Yeah, I'll agree. I'll agree. I don't know. It, well, I'm, you know, eager for them to to get it going, and and I think that them opening up on the East Coast will do really well because I think you know, Deschutes, their beers are are, are much more, more of an, an English influence, exactly, exactly, uh, which more focus on the malt, and that is the big difference between. East Coast and West Coast, yeah. or at least has been over the last few years. I think that gap is narrowing a bit, but you know that their beers would play well in that market. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know that's even more, uh, you know, pointing to what are you waiting for? Because <laughs> it could be by the time 2019, uh, 2021, when they start shipping beer rolls around, that that gap doesn't exist anymore. Yeah, you know. That there's no, you know, I'm, the, the market doesn't favor their type of beer anymore, mm -hmm. uh, like it does now. Um, but, uh, you know, I, if things stand as they are now, they'll, I think they'll do really well with this expansion. Yeah. Yeah. Well, keep in mind 
there's going to be a hundred new jobs when this brewery opens, and they're opening at a hundred and fifty thousand barrels uh, production per year. That's how they're opening this thing with. So they're going. They're not. You know, their 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 plans are pretty big. So I don't know. It it seems and and. And the design that they're planning on is is starting at 150,000 and can increase in capacity as needed. So uh, I think they're thinking of the future and maybe just want to make sure that everything's done so they can they, they're not going to be bottlenecked when they do need to expand. Yeah, I think that's always smart when you're yeah. trying to build. I mean, even if you're just starting out, you know. Yeah, look, I mean. Build for success, not the other way around. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we both read the the Lagunitas story, and we saw that they quickly outgrew two two places already, and then they had to open their Chicago, and now they're going to another spot in California. So they, you know, they 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 didn't think they were going to expand so so rapidly. Also, so it's good to to think ahead. Um, currently, the shoots distributes in twenty eight states plus the the DC. Washington D.C. area. Um, they're one of the things is they really wanted why they they picked that area is they wanted to be able to penetrate into the southern states that they don't uh, get to right now, Mississippi and some of the, uh, the those states that that they just can't distribute to easily, and so this will allow them to get coverage to more states and get get the beer out to more people, and I think that's great. I I know I've had to shoot beers in Virginia. I, you know, they've been in Virginia for a while now. I'm pretty sure. Um, so, I, you know, they they obviously have a good market there, and and they decide to to open up. So I'm excited for them. I just hope that it still goes strong even into the time when they need, you know, open it. I don't want to see it fail because they waited too long. Yeah, and the way that everything is expanding so rapidly now, you know, mm-hmm. they. Despite the intent to expand, they could be left behind by all the other larger breweries. Yeah, you know? yeah, true. So, all right. Well, talking about expanding and getting left behind, uh, the Craft Brew Association uh, just released their small and independent brew- brewers uh, numbers for 2015, and it, it just happens that now craft brewers represent 12 percent of the market share of the overall beer industry. So we're still above, uh, you know, we're in double digits still, so that's good. Uh, also, craft breweries produced 24.5 million barrels last year and saw 13% rise in volume and a 16% increase in retail dollar value, which is good. You know, we know craft beer, you know, costs a little bit more. And uh, the revenue is estimated to be at $22.3 billion. The most, uh, I mean, that's 21% market share uh, in the in the uh, the retail dollar. That's pretty impressive. 20, $22 billion of craft beer sales. Did, I mean, what do you know what it was last the year before, John? Was it was it that high? It's 21% higher than it was last year. So, oh no, it's 21% market share. What's didn't say it's uh, 16%, 16% okay growth. So. Uh, you know, nineteen percent, something like that, or nineteen billion, something okay. like that. That's still a lot, but hey, that's a pretty, that's a lot of money in craft beer. We we know we already know that last year we reached the uh, the highest total number of of breweries in the United States, 
uh, it, it grew 15%. We have 4,269 breweries. Uh, and, you know, uh, it's good and bad. You know, we've, we've talked in the past about how maybe there's too many out there. And if you don't have a good product or a good, uh, a good, um, plan for your business, business plan that you may not, you know, be able to survive. Uh, yeah. Let's see. It also says that uh, small and independent breweries account for 99% of the breweries in operation. Broken down as follows. There's 2,397 microbreweries. There's 1,650 brew pubs. And there's 178 regional craft breweries. Ah, that's, a lot. that's a pretty good, good number. Uh, there were 620 new brewery openings last year and only 68 closings. So 10% of what, you know, almost 10% of what opened closed. Not, not that opened that year, but you know, that's not too bad. That's a, yeah. Although a lot of people expect a lot more closings in the future. I, I think they're so. still predicting that bubble. So I, I don't know if it's a bubble or just that it's just the survival of the fittest, right? Like I said, you've got to have a good product. You have to have a niche. You have to have something that brings the customers back. Uh, and I, and you know, I've seen, a, I've, had and uh, you know there's breweries that are putting out beer that just is mediocre or bad at you know at that and they're those are the ones that aren't going to last because they got to have a good product yeah. especially you're going to charge that price yeah so one of the inter- interesting facts here in this article was that one of the fastest growing regions was in the south now i just mentioned that was one of the things that the shoots wanted to get into is wanted to get their their brewery open in the east so they can service the south. Well, the south, four states had the fastest growth. Virginia, which is where Deschutes is going, is one. North Carolina and Florida and Texas. So those are, uh, the, they each saw a net increase of more than 20 breweries, uh, which is uh, impressive. So 20 new breweries opened in, in each of those uh, areas. So, yeah. That's uh, that's any you got any uh, insight that you about this that you heard um, that I didn't mention? Um, not really that I've heard. Uh, I think overall, you know, positive. Um, but I'm I'm really curious to see what these numbers say next year, and mm-hmm. I think that'll tell us how they're accounting for the breweries that the really big breweries. Yeah. that sold this year yeah. or sold a share large enough that makes them not craft breweries according to the Brewers Association. Yeah. Um, because I got to tell you, uh, getting to 12% market share, I don't think that's possible without, you know, Lagunitas and Firestone Walker and, you know, the, these <laughs> breweries that um, I don't think count anymore. Um you know, they account for big numbers yeah, and, uh, yeah. it takes a lot of little small breweries opening up that really are only doing a few hundred barrels a year, uh, to make up the, you know, probably 500,000 to a million barrels that some of these breweries are doing. Yeah. That's um, true. so, uh, yeah, I, I'm a little skeptical of some of these numbers. I, I don't know if they're, you know, counting year long totals or perhaps up to the point they sold, you know, kind of, uh, numbers. But, uh, I, I'm curious to see next year's numbers because yeah, I yeah. honestly, if there's not a drop, then I, something's up. 
Okay. They're not, they're not <laughs> accounting for things properly. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it's in their best interest to calculate the numbers uh, in a way to show growth. Um, and they make this up as they go along. I mean, they've moved the target for what a craft brewery is multiple times just to keep Sam Adams in the fold. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, you know, that there's other ways and, you know, maybe they say, okay, Heineken doesn't count as a non craft brewer cause they're international. So we get to keep counting Lagunese numbers. Yeah. Maybe that's one of the, their rationale, you know, yeah. they're, they're not AB, they're not Miller core, you know, those are international too, though. <laughs> well now, yeah, but, but from a, from a U.S. perspective, most people still see them as, you know, U.S. companies. They don't understand that Budweiser is a Belgian beer. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, you know, overall, I think that there's, it's still a positive trend for the industry. Uh, but given a lot of the new activity in terms of sales, um, I'm not sure that I buy all this at face value. Okay. So. Yeah, yeah. Next year will be when we get these numbers next year. Yeah, you're right. We'll we'll need to pull back up our notes from this episode so we can review and uh, see how how the numbers change for sure. Okay. Well, hey, those that's our news, short and sweet. Uh, now it's time. I, I know it's you're sad, John, because uh, this is uh, this is getting close to the end of the show. So it's time to uh, to raise a glass. To anyone that we want to give a little toast to, uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll thank uh, Dave and Robert uh, again for uh, giving us some questions for this episode, and uh, then uh, an additional toast uh, for Robert. We mentioned he went and, and brewed his first beer, is a Chaco Tasso um, at uh, a brew on premise uh, place near him, and uh, he just put some in the mail for us. So we're going to yes. get to try it, uh, give our impressions. Uh, so I'm excited. I'm, I'm really looking forward to, to getting this beer. So me too. Um, yeah. So, so thank you, Robert. And, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll give you our, our feedback. All right. Yeah. I just want to raise my glass to Robert too, that he above and beyond what our, you know, what we expect our listeners to do is we really appreciate it. And we, I, I'm, Thoroughly looking forward to this beer because it sounds like something that uh, I'm really going to enjoy. So, cheers. I have a few more toasts I want to give out. I want to give a, a toast out to my buddy Joe State who just started uh, a, a new podcast. It's a comic book podcast called Trade Waiters. And uh, I love the name because what he deals with in this in his podcast is he's talking about comic book trades, you know, series of books that have been put into one volume where you can just buy the whole volume and read it in one sitting instead of waiting each month or two for the episode to come out. And, uh, you know, he's he's talked about us on the show, and uh, I want to reciprocate and say, hey, it's a great show. I'm really enjoying what he's doing, and I uh, just want to give you guys, an, you know, opportunity to go find him on iTunes or out there in the internets, interwebs, and, and give him a listen. And, and find out if you're interested in comics or if you, if you enjoy comic books or you just want to look into getting into comic books, it's a great show to start with. Also, I want to celebrate, you know, uh, the day this podcast is released is my daughter's 21st birthday. She turns 21. She'll be legal to drink. And uh, I'm going to uh, go 
and visit her on her birthday and take her out for her first uh, legal drinks. And I just wanted to raise my glass to that. Also, yeah, cheers. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Finally, I have no one in my family, uh, you know, will be under 21. So it, you know, the party will, will be rolling. <laughs> uh, also, I want to thank Rob and Corey from the Brew Review. Brew, you know, I, I am still so glad we don't have this name because I would mess the it up. Brew Review Crew. Yes. And that's why you have to, that's exactly what I have to say. You have to say it in, in a certain way to get it through. The Brew Review Crew for my yeah. Guess That Brew uh, prize pack and the beer that I drank on the show today. So thank you guys. Uh, uh, I really appreciate it. It was, it was uh, very kind of you to send out uh, that awesome gift pack. And of course, I can't leave out my, f- my fellow veterans and the active duty military men and women out there protecting our freedom, serving in the armed forces. I just want to raise my glass to you all. I'm very proud of you guys. I want you guys to come home safely soon to your families. And if you want to thank John and I personally for what we do, you can do it simply by leaving an iTunes review. And we have, uh, for next episode, we will be doing a tasting. It was our listener participation tasting notes segment. Next episode, we're going to be picking up the Duval Ale. It's the, uh, it's the regular Duval. So pick up a bottle of Duval. And it's the one that's the Belgian strong golden ale or the, the golden strong ale or whatever you want to call it. It's the, it's the regular one. They have a couple other ones you can get in the States. That one's like a hoppy one, and one's like a single Belgian ale. This is not that. This is the regular old-fashioned Duval. So pick up a bottle and taste along with us, and in, we'll get a little bit of an international Belgian strong golden ale beer. You can find our show notes on the show posts on openforumradio.com where you can find the beers and the links to the articles we mentioned on the show. And you can feel free to follow me personally on Twitter, Instagram, and Untapped at Loose Screw. And John, how can listeners follow you? On Twitter at Prime Brewing, Untapped Prime WA, and I write about beer and homebrewing at homebrewengineer.com. And I'm just going to say this one time. I'm not going to throw this out, but I just started a new Twitter account for the site where I post up when I got a new article and stuff. So uh, if you want that information, uh, you can follow at homebrew ENGR. So homebrew ENGR on Twitter and uh, you'll, you'll get informed when there's, there's new stuff to, to enjoy. All right. Excellent. I'm, I'm following. So I'll be informed whenever you post something new. That's right. All right. All right. Well, hey, it is last call. It is time to bring our show to a close. We want to thank you for downloading and listening to this show, and we hope that you will subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn Radio, however you listen to podcasts. Just hit that subscribe button and get us in your ears every two weeks because we're a bi-weekly show. Now, go out there and spread the good word of craft beer. Cheers. Cheers.